Due to the unprecedented times we're living in, I've decided to lower the price of my course, the Everybody Program, and extend the enrollment until April 5th. If you haven't had a chance to apply or were worried about the price, the entire 12-week course is now available for only $500 or $175 a month. If you're interested in learning more, please visit my website, www.everybodybymel.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Sick in the City. We're Amanda and Mel, two sick chicks spilling the tea on chronic illness. We have a really fun, exciting episode today on the end of what's been just a wild couple of weeks, and we just need a little bit of levity and a little bit of fun. So that's what we're planning for you today, and we're ready to jump right in. So hey Mel, how's it going? It's good. It's been a really fun week. I actually wanted to talk about how I got to see you this week because yeah, I mean, we're close and we talk every day, but we've really only spent three or four times in person together. That's and true. so it was so fun because my chiropractor and applied kinesiologist lives, not lives, works three minutes away from where Amanda lives. So I got to stop by and yes, and see my apartment for the first time and meet your cat, which I think is the most important yeah, part of she's the queen, the occasion. <laughs> but we got to take pictures of one of the most amazing grain free and gluten free desserts I've ever had in my life. I'm not exaggerating. It was so good. Your peanut butter chocolate tart. Yeah. Raw vegan. Yes. So good. Oh, it came out really good. The funniest thing about it was that I had no recipe to base it on. I just made it up in my head. And when, and I was so nervous because you were coming over and I had like a really crazy morning. So I had gotten up at my normal time around six. And then I started running my food processor about 7am, which I just always feel guilty about. And then you come and you're like, Oh, this looks amazing. Did you do this last night or yesterday? And I'm like, no, I did it this morning. I mean, it was like, bakery level like it had all the toppings and the drizzle and I'm like surely this took you all afternoon yesterday like no this morning like it's just crazy and it was so good it was like this fluffy peanut butter like filling that was just so like I've never had that kind of filling in anything paleo like I mean I know I'm just like firing you up no yeah I know let my my head get a little bigger um no I love it I I live for validation from other people (laughs) on my recipes I I stalk my parents down and Rob anytime they try anything and I'm like what'd you think but what'd you think and Rob is like do you want all feedback or only positive and I'm like only positive feedback You just only want to know the good. Um, But that's that's really awesome. I'm actually going to be sharing that recipe over the next couple of days. I'm sort of treading this line between content for my cookbook and what I share online. And I'm kind of trying to figure out what, how much to give out for free. Cause I give out a lot of free recipes and a lot of free things, but I also want to make sure that the people that purchase the cookbook, when it comes out, they get a lot of special things and they don't get so much content that's already been shared. Cause then what's the point of buying the cookbook, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that one's cookbook worthy. Like it was top yeah. and I really enjoyed it. Um, cool. but yeah, it was the chiropractor that I got to see on Wednesday was interesting because I'd been struggling with some weird symptoms the past couple of weeks that just felt so strange. And they kind of came out of nowhere and were kind of like 
brain foggy and I just felt kind of tired and like sore and I knew something was going on and I had a theory that I was exposed to some spray paint or paint in our building and this is pretty common with like buildings that have been newly renovated or newly painted and stuff like you really have to air it out um, because there's a chemical in there called vinyl chloride that I found out was in me when I went to see my applied kinesiologist and he he muscle tested me and it's so satisfying I think as like a practitioner and a chronic illness person that like when your theory is right and you're he's like spot on that's what it was I was like yes like I know myself I know my body yes exactly what was going on and it's just one of those like yes moments yeah and it's also one of those like frustrating things in a way because then they say that and you're like I knew that I couldn't handle that weeks ago (laughs) yeah it's pretty interesting but I love going to like see a muscle tester and like yeah know that that's what's going on and then know exactly how to get better and it's we move on but I know I mainly wanted to come over to celebrate with you on this new chapter of your life that you're about to enter, which is very exciting. And I'm so excited for you to join me, but you must tell the people your exciting news. Yes. So I decided, I guess a week ago to leave my full-time job. So I've been working full-time in branding and marketing and the position role company that I was at was just no longer aligned with me and what I was looking to do with my career. And so I am kind of going out on my own and I'm really trusting my instincts and my gut and really trusting that the universe has my back. And, and I feel really good about it. You know, talk to me in two weeks and see if I am having a panic attack or not. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am joining you and I think, I think what's been really cool and, you know, I'm so appreciative to have your support and you to talk to you is like you and I are both going through very similar things and kind of finding ourselves and sort of building our brands and our businesses. And so I've been sort of helping you through all of that, that you've been going through is so that you've kind of been figuring out how to invest in yourself and your brand. Um, and now I'm kind of like directly joining <laughs> your situation. So, you know, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's been a lot. It's very, very emotionally draining. Yes. It's a hard, I think that was the scariest decision of my entire life. The day that yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to move to New York. Like that was it. When I made that decision, I got like full body chills like up and down like this surge of energy through my spine that was like oh I'm terrified like it's but like an exciting terrified like it's so hard to explain but it's it's a pretty momentous occasion and and it's really fun for the first like three or four months while you're like everything (laughs) is awesome like I am so excited about all this stuff and you get all this stuff done you wanted to do forever with all the time you You didn't never have. have time yeah yeah. So I'm just excited to ride that train with you. And, uh, and you know, if, if the people listening have not followed us on Instagram or checked out our blogs, definitely go follow us, subscribe to the podcast if you don't already, because, you know, we're, we're so passionate about this and, and yeah. we are planning to continue and go full force with all of our projects and 
and nutrition businesses that we're doing. And so we're excited to share everything that's in the works in the future with you guys. And I know today we're so pumped about talking about funny, lighthearted things because unfortunately a year ago was when everything shut down. We're to that point Mm -hmm. where we have reached a year of quarantine, of lockdown, of pandemic. And, and like, we just needed to give some laughs to the people because when I think about everything that has gone on this past year, it's just crazy. It's insane. I, people, it's funny because so many people I think are freaking out that we've now been in this a year, but I was going through a surgery last December in the middle of December. Well, December before this past December. And so I was already in that the last winter. So I was in for January and February. I would only get out to kind of just like walk around because I had had a spine surgery. So I have been quarantining for over a year. It has yeah. been a very long time and I have been inside. So I know that everybody is so frustrated that it's been a year, but like once I hit December, I was like, oh my God, I've literally been inside for a year. Yeah. It's overwhelming. And like, it's funny because unfortunately the anniversary of when my full-time job, like everybody had to go home and we couldn't go into the office was on my boyfriend's 30th birthday last year. So we decided we wanted to go out of town for his birthday and we rented this like cute little cabin and everything in Texas. It took until about March 13th when -hmm. like everything kind of started trickling down to Texas from like New York and then California. And so we were on the road up to like the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma to stay in this cabin. And all of a sudden, all of our friends from work text us and they're like, uh, they're shutting down the studio and Justin and I just look at each other in the car, like, oh my God, like we're, we're going to somewhere that doesn't have service. Like we wouldn't, yeah. we were out there and I'm like, the whole world is shutting down and I'm going to be in the middle of nowhere without service or oh signal. Oh my God, that's crazy. And yeah. I was freaking out. And that's like, right when everything, like all the toilet paper was going missing. And, and yeah. so we were like, we're going to get back home to Dallas and there's not going to be any toilet paper <laughs> left. Like, oh no. And so it was a trip and I was not sure that leaving town was the right move that day because I was just so overwhelmed and wanted to be connected with everybody but I think in the end it kind of saved me because it really let me like take a chill pill before coming back home when everything was just upside down I just getting away from my phone otherwise I would have been on my phone the entire weekend probably but right yeah just kind of monitoring everything and figuring it out I mean we were watching the news here constantly when that was going on. I mean, it was on all the time. I could not focus on anything else, like just sort of watching the numbers. And, you know, it was also really crazy with grocery shopping and things like that, you know, being somebody who was immunocompromised, I was really scared. And then we would wait up until midnight to order from Whole Foods on Amazon, because that was the only way that we could get groceries. Like I have been a fresh direct shopper for years. I couldn't get fresh direct. I couldn't do Instacart. The only thing I could do was whole foods, but it would have to be midnight. So we would like wait. And so that a a window would open for delivery. Wow. So we would just have these nights where we would wait. And then also we wanted to support local businesses. So (laughs) we had a local bakery that we used to order from like every morning we would call them, we'd get coffee, get baked goods. And 
there's something I will say just it's so bittersweet because it was a horrible time, but there was like something about that time that also was like a little bit fun. Like, you know, like, yeah, everything was just upside down. Like totally, totally not anything we're ever going to experience again, which thank God. Yeah. At the same time, like I, I make a scrapbook every year for our anniversary. And so I made one this last December and just going through all of the pictures from that time, I have so many pictures. Cause it's like, I don't know. I was just doing all these things out of the ordinary and like ordering baked goods and like making right. meals while I was at home more than I would have when I was going to my job. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean this whole past year really has opened me up to have time to, to devote more to my business. And I, I remember the first like month I was at home, I was like, Oh my God, I finally have time to write this like mold toxicity ebook that I've wanted to write forever. And I did that. And, and I mean, I don't know that I would have been here without how much has changed in the world. Like, and it's, it's still pretty overwhelming and crazy. And like, I know I'm ready for things to go back to somewhat of normal, but I, I just don't, I mean, I, I said early on, I was like, I feel like everything's just going to be changed now for. Yeah. Forever. I mean, forever. I mean, who knows? I mean, there, yeah, it'll be some sort of normalcy that'll just be the new normal. And, you know, we all hear that, you know, repeatedly. I think that the time this past year is really what people make of it. I think that whatever people did make of it is okay. You know, if people were drinking to get through the day, like you got to do what you got to do. There was definitely a lot of on, you know, my end of my home of just trying to survive, you know, survival of the fittest really is like, was just like Rob had lost his job. I was kind of going into survival mode. But then I also took a lot of classes. I learned a lot of new skills. You know, I, that's when I really took biochemical kinesiology. So I really learned acupressure, muscle testing. I got into the photography stuff. So taking food photography courses and buying the camera. And so like, I feel like it really developed. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm proud of what I did with the time and really developed my business, like you said. And So, you know, I'm grateful for that time to kind of spend on the weekends doing homework and focusing on the stuff I need to do versus like going out and not, not doing those things. Um, But I am looking forward to a time when I could see my friends and go out to dinner and do things like that, where it doesn't feel so scary and intimidating. Yeah. And I mean, even if this past year, like you've not done anything productive, like I think just taking what we've learned about ourselves throughout this time, this very challenging time, I think is going to help us. I think it's helped me learn about myself a lot. Like, what do I really need Mm -hmm. from day to day in my life to sustain my happiness or sustain my health? Mm -hmm. And, and I've been pretty shocked like at how little I can get by with and still have a joyful life. And so that's been a really cool blessing in disguise um, amidst all of this crazy change. And yeah, so I I know though, like, I mean, it has been (laughs) pretty depressing at times, which is why I think the past couple of weeks have been hard on both of us as we have figured out what we want to do moving forward from here. And so I think that that's why we just wanted to have a good time today. We wanted to yeah. let loose. We wanted to laugh a little bit and we are going to be covering, you know, <laughs> I can't, even 
I can't say it. We, I can say coffee enemas. We're covering coffee enemas. And the other thing I just told Mel that I can't say anymore. I want you to say it. I no, I can't. <laughs> we are talking about bowel movements today. Twosies. I will not say the word that starts with a P and ends in a P. I am a lady. Oh my God. <laughs> we're talking about poop today, guys. We're, we're talking about poop. All right. Let's just say it and put it all out there. <laughs> putting it all out there. Amanda does not have to say it out loud, but you know, Can't we all it. do it and we all think it's funny, even though it's gross. And like some people are more private about it, but we are laying it all we're out. We're not there for you guys private today. about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. I, I'm like one of those practitioners that's like, seriously, just like, tell me how your bowel movements are. Like nothing is TMI. Tell me about it because we all got to poop every day. We got to go. And like, Mm -hmm. I have learned to become more and more open about coffee enemas because they have changed my life for the better in so many ways. They're still definitely kind of a funny thing to bring up with people who have no idea about what they are, which is why we're going to be, or walking you guys through them step by step today. Um, and just teaching you guys about this amazing tool that you can use at your own leisure in your own home. It doesn't cost much money at all, and it can make a huge difference in your health, in your recovery and detoxification. Um, and so, I yeah, I'm just excited to dive in. Our topic today, coffee enemas and all things poop. All yep, of it. All <laughs> of it. Nothing. Yeah, we're not holding back. No holds bar. I, you know, bowel movements and going to the bathroom, as I like to say, it really is a marker for our health. It really can show you or a practitioner where you're at in your healing process. It can really be a good determinant for your health. And as we kind of talked about and touched on a little bit last week, your mental and emotional health is also linked to your digestive system and your gastrointestinal system serotonin, which we did chat about a little bit, the neurotransmitter that is affects our mood, our sleep that is primarily made within the gut. So that's one of those things that I think is so important is like, we have to make sure that our clients and ourselves, that we are getting at all the stuff that gets out, that needs to get out, that we are processing and absorbing our nutrients properly. You know, you can eat all the healthy food in the world, but if you are not digesting, or absorbing the uh, nutrients and minerals, there's no point. You might as well just like be eating, I don't know, wood chips. So I think that when I work with somebody, and I'm sure you'll agree, my first and foremost is gut health, gut healing, and bowel movements. And coffee enemas, I leave to whether or not people want to do them, it's totally up to them. I don't, I will not stick something up your butt. You have to do that yourself. You have to be willing. You have to have consent (laughs) and want to put something up there. But I can say as someone who has also had their life changed by coffee enemas, it's worth it. And it's actually, once you start doing it, I think the benefits really outweigh the weird. And that's why I talk about them so much because I love them. Like I love the way I feel to me it's like almost like a spa day when I, when I like take time out of my day to do a coffee enema, because it really is a process. Like you got to get comfy. You got to prepare everything you're going to use for the process. You, you unplug, you turn on off yeah. the lights, you turn on some candles if you want some yeah. relaxing music and just get to work. Yes. And 
So <laughs> I know for, <laughs> well, it's funny. Well, I'll say this. I, I have to do mine in the hallway <laughs> of our apartment because I forget what our bathroom is called, but our sink is outside the actual bathroom. Okay. So there's no room in my bathroom. A lot of people do it lying down in their tub and they get to have this like whole Zen serene thing. I do it in the middle of my apartment in the hallway, but I have to hang the enema bucket up. And so I have to lie on the floor in the hallway and put it on a, a door. But the most brilliant thing that's occurred that everyone in the home, the cat, my husband, everybody knows that we're doing an enema is that we have a song that we sing to oh do God. an enema. And it's entitled Butt Stuff. <laughs> it's an 80s rock song. So every time oh. I need to, and I think this is also good. It's how you communicate it with the people around you. You have yes. to make it light and fun. So I always tell Rob I'm doing Butt Stuff. Yeah. So we sing the Butt Stuff song. So <laughs> I, will not, I will not sing. I'm not going to make you sing Thank it. Thank you. I, but maybe later, like off camera, because I really yeah. want to hear the song. <laughs> But <laughs> Justin's always joked around about it. Um, like he'll always be like, are you putting coffee in your butt today? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, babe. Like, yeah, I know. Just stay in the bedroom. Like, don't come yeah. out. Leave me yeah. alone. I need this time to myself. I don't need to look at you while I'm putting liquid in my, <laughs> in my butt. <laughs> oh my God. And unfortunately, like in Texas, we used to have a big bathroom. And so I used to get real cozy in there, like so much space. Yeah. And now like, we don't really have, it's a tiny little bathroom. And so, yeah, I have to, half of my body is in the bathroom, but my lower half down to my legs are like out in the hallway. So I'm like, you just have to just go in the bedroom, take the dog with you. You know, I just need a moment because yeah. we're both here. I mean, we both work from home. Like there's yeah, no, what are you going to do now? Yeah. Um, Okay. We have to explain what this is to people before okay. everyone's like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Let's talk, a, let's talk about the benefits and then yes. let's get into the step-by-step on how, how to actually do it. Cause I think that the biggest question that people usually have is, is how, but then the second question is why, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So so from my perspective, you know, the best thing about doing coffee enemas is that it really helps with your digestive system, one, to get things moving. It also really helps with getting out toxins from your body. So before we do coffee enemas, we usually take a binder of some sort, which could be charcoal or bentonite clay, usually about a half hour, an hour before, sometimes the day before, you know, I like to take my binders every single day. Because when you are doing a coffee enema and you are detoxing everything out, you need to have something in your body to grab onto the toxins to actually pull them out. Otherwise, you can sometimes make yourself actually more toxic by kind of setting them free all over the place and not grabbing them and taking them out. And then the last thing that, that I think is important, and then you totally give your perspective on this, but glutathione increasing is probably the best thing about it. Now, people that are chronically ill don't produce a lot of their own glutathione, but glutathione is something that our body creates on its own. But if you're not creating enough glutathione, that means that your body is not properly detoxing. You're not getting everything out of your body. So when you do a coffee enema with a specific kind of coffee, which is green organic coffee, and you put it up your butt and you just flow it up there, you actually increase your glutathione by 400? 
I don't know the percentage, but okay. I know, I know everybody's like, well, how does that, how does that work exactly? Yeah. From my understanding, when the coffee is in your colon, a slight amount of caffeine, it like triggers a response from mm. like the hemorrhoidal vein that, that supports the liver to produce more glutathione. And I know for me and for somebody that might be living in a toxic environment like mm-hmm. mold, my body was constantly depleted in glutathione. Yep. Every test I always did, I was so low in it. And so this, the first time I did one, it's like, I felt like I was on speed, like in a good way. It, it was mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden I had this energy that was just flowing through me. And I was like, oh my God, like I have been so low in glutathione for so long. Holy yeah. cow. It was, it was so good. But like glutathione, but for me, another huge benefit is that it does trigger a bile release from the gallbladder. Yes. Yes. So for somebody that might suffer with gallstones, um, this is going to be your saving grace. Um, mm-hmm. Anyone with gallbladder issues, with issues digesting fat, because I was struggling with a lot of gallstones and I was able to rid myself of them naturally just by taking the right supplements and then doing coffee enemas. And there was a period of time where I did them like three or four times a week. And I know some people will even do them every day. Um, Mm -hmm. I've read a lot of like studies about people that were dealing with cancer that would do them every day because it's just such a good supportive thing in the detoxification process. So when it comes to gallbladder health, that bile can stay dormant for a while. Like if, especially if you don't eat enough fat um, and it can get stored, it it can become gallstones. It can become toxic because that's where all the toxins kind of store. And so with a coffee enema, it opens up those bile ducts. It allows the bile to flow through and it carries it out in the coffee enema when you go to the bathroom. And so for me, that was like the number one best thing it's done for me. So I think those two are the benefits I've noticed the biggest difference with, but it also can help detach any bacteria that might be like living in your, on your colon wall. It helps kind of detach that and carry it out. So if you're somebody that might deal with like bacterial overgrowth and things like that, that's, it's a huge benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I've had, IBS in the past. And so for me doing them, it's been really helpful. People often ask how many times a week, a day, a month you should do them. What is the frequency? And I always say that it really depends on the person and what part in your healing journey you are in and, you know, what you feel comfortable with. I was living more in the camp of doing them every single day. I I still do them every single day. And there's pros and cons to that. So in order to be someone who does them every single day, you really need to make sure that you are drinking a lot of fresh juice. You are constantly making sure that you are eating enough. You are uh, replenishing your colon and something that you can do to replenish it because enemas can dry out your colon. So that's, that's one of the cons is that you can do an enema with, um, chlorophyll, like a liquid chlorophyll, some drops, and you can replenish and rehydrate your colon. So that's something that you can do. Um, I feel that it is just a part of my daily routine. Now I, if I don't do it, I am not a happy human. It always feels amazing. It always starts my day. What I have noticed on the negative side is that 
when I don't do them, I will be constipated. And I do think that there's something there in terms of your body needing to know how to go to the bathroom without always relying on doing enemas. So one of my goals is to kind of wean myself off of them and get to a place where my body just sort of knows what it's doing. So I don't recommend doing them every single day for a long period of time. It might just be a short period of time for your healing, but that's been my experience with them thus far. Um, as I, I really just am addicted. I love doing them. I really only do them like, Oh, I mean, I got to the point where I was doing them pretty much weekly as maintenance. Mm -hmm. And luckily, like since I, since I've done DNRS, my migrating motor complex has been way stronger that's mm -hmm. helped me rid myself of SIBO and allow my digestive system to just really like flow and do what it needs to do. So I haven't needed to do them right. as often. So now it's kind of just like an as needed type of thing where like what happened a couple of weeks ago with the toxicity, it's like, yeah, I knew I needed to do one. So I, I always take my binders at night before I go to bed away from mm -hmm. food and I'll take them with like a big glass of water because things like activated charcoal can dehydrate you if you take mm -hmm. them like too much and too often without drinking enough water. But then that next morning I'll prep everything and I'll do a coffee in them in the morning. And like Amanda said, replenishing minerals, replenishing your body is huge. I made that mistake many times at the beginning yep. of doing all these. I remember afterward, I, a couple hours later would start feeling just really out of it. And I was like, what is going on? And I found out you need to make sure you're replenishing minerals. So I always drink either like a ton of celery juice, which is potent in, in mineral salts or mm -hmm something like trace minerals that you drop in your water. Um, there's a great electrolyte drink called Ultima that I will mix with just trace mineral drops just to get a ton of replenishment afterward. And that just helps me go on with my day, like feel like nothing happened because it is a really strong detoxification. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a heavy dump. And if you don't do it right, it can be dangerous. <laughs> heavy dump. My pun. Pun, pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's 100% right. And so, yeah, definitely fresh juice, get those minerals because you don't want to deplete yourself of things like magnesium which is one of the ones that you would most likely be depleting yourself of, and that could lead to joint pain and, and other issues with your bones. And so my other, my other advice that I always give people about binders is, so you had said, don't take it around food, 100%. Also make sure that if you are taking medications or you're taking supplements, that you always buffer it an hour before or an hour after before taking a binder, because binders do not discriminate. They do not only take out bad stuff, they take out pretty much everything. So just want to be really cautious about that. Um, and I have heard from a lot of people that do them the way that you do. A lot of people, you know, say they have gluten or they, you know, accidentally ingest something they shouldn't have, or they end up in a toxic environment. They just sort of get to a point where they do them for maintenance. And so I kind of just recommend if it's something that you're into, giving it a little bit of a try, starting slow as we'll kind of talk about, you know, how you can do that and what to do, but starting slow with them and maybe only using them when you need to use them or, you know, when it feels appropriate for you. So as far as steps go, let's go over that because for me, I actually have an extensive like coffee and I'm a step-by-step -step yeah. that I'll send people because I do have people who are like, I want to do them. How do I do them? And I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what your process is because 
mine, I'm sure we have do things a little differently. I'm sure yours is probably so much more detailed and (laughs) accurate and like the right way of doing it. And then you have me who's like a haphazard, like tornado of a human being. And (laughs) so, yes, I'm honored. I mean, I, and I think it's just because I, there's not enough information on how to do it really like online. And I I finally learned my stuff, like process that I enjoy. So I always try to tell people like, try to have a bowel movement first Mm -hmm. or you do a coffee enema because it'll make things way more comfortable for you. Um, Otherwise you're going to kind of feel like you have to go the whole time, which is really annoying because you do have to hold the coffee in your colon for 15 minutes at least. So try to have a BM in the morning. If you haven't, and if this is your first time doing a coffee enema, highly recommend doing a water Water enema first Yep. um, to just clear the pathway, you know, remove any larger loads before (laughs) you add more coffee to the mix or add anything more to the mix. Yeah. Get rid of what's in there first. And so maybe like even two water enemas before your first coffee one, just to get used to the feeling of it, the procedure, because it can be a little uncomfortable and unfamiliar the first time you do it. It's a little intimidating. But if you can have a BM before you do it, I recommend that. Make sure you do them before noon if you can, because it'll keep you up. It will keep you up. And that's something I learned the hard way um, a couple of times. I like couldn't go to sleep. I'm like, I'm, I'm wired. Like what's going on? I know. I feel like a couple of weeks ago, you and I were talking and that, and I'm so sensitive to caffeine. So like, I, I can't drink any caffeine after like 12 or 11. Like I, so I, I can't do them later in the day. Like I'll be up. And I learned that lesson too. You and I were chatting and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. You were like, I'm doing an enema. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? You were like, I don't know what time it is. Like, I'm just totally. And I was like, oh my God, like you're not going to sleep. I was just a rebel that day. Yeah. You're <laughs> literally living life on the edge. Oh my God. <laughs> the edge of your enema that day. So yeah, that is, that is really, really good advice. I will, Ugh. I always do a water enema before. Mm. Um, sometimes I do it because I do it so often. Sometimes I will let my water, like distilled water steep in the coffee enemas that I, in the grinds that I already used. And then the next day do like a very light enema, if that makes sense. So like just a lightly, like a very watered down one, instead of just doing plain water. Um, Cause I have, regardless of how long I've been doing them, I always find that it's difficult to hold the first one in. I, I shoot for 12 to 15. Yes. Yes. Sometimes it can go over. And I've had situations where I was like maybe dried out or didn't have enough in my stomach. And I like, literally like it never came out. (laughs) Oh my God. Your body just absorbed it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so, but I would say that even getting to 15 to whatever you decide, if you want to set 15 as your limit, it's not easy to hold it in that long. Yeah. It depends. And 12 minutes is the like least amount of time to hold it in order to get the benefits of it. So at least 12 minutes, but I always try to go to 15. Um, if I can, Yeah, it just depends on the day. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And when it comes to, um, water, the water you use, Mm -hmm. it's recommended to do distilled or filtered to brew. To brew. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you need to have distilled or filtered water for the simple fact that if you're going to be detoxing your body and cleaning everything out, why would you put something into your body that could potentially have more chemicals and minerals in it? 
And then the coffee that you get is really important. You cannot just do average coffee. Green organic coffee is definitely the best that you can get. I get mine on Amazon. I don't remember the name, to be honest. I've been using the same one for a long time. But if you type in green organic enema coffee, it'll come up. And I don't know if you have a brand um, that you can share. Okay. Uh, mine is called Aussie Health Co. And it's oh, or- that's organic. The yeah. Yeah. It's organic and air roasted. So air roasted just means like all of those nutritional benefits of coffee are still present and Mm -hmm. it's very, very lightly roasted, but like roasted enough to where like, there's nothing that could be harmful left on the coffee. And, and it's a very important to have a good one because otherwise, you know, this, it could not work the way you want it to work and could cause issues. Totally. And the green coffee is also has higher levels of glutathione in it. And that's why it's, it's so important to be able to get that one. And I will say that Aussie, Aussie health company, they actually are the brand originally that I, where I got my enema bag. So if you Mm. want to get a really good enema bag with, um, it's comes with a bag or you can get a steel bucket. I highly recommend this, the, the stainless steel enema buckets. It's just, for me, it's easier to clean. Like, Oh my God. It's so much easier to clean. I started with bags. Now I have a bucket because it is easier to clean. Yeah. I just, I feel like buying that. So you can get that on Amazon too. Mm -hmm. You can get the kit. Yeah, for sure. And like, I will brew four cups of water with like three tablespoons of the air roasted coffee in a in a pot and I will boil it with the lid on for five minutes. And then on a low temperature, I will let it simmer for like 15 minutes with the lid on. And then I transfer it to a French press and put it in the freezer for like 30 minutes. And the French press just allows like all those coffee grounds to get out of it for me. And then I'm waiting until it's 98 degrees until it's body temperature to start doing everything. The other thing that's important to mention is that it doesn't look like regular coffee. I think I've used the Aussie one before and that a little bit looks a little bit more like it, but the green is like granules. It's like very strange looking. It's not, it doesn't look like regular coffee and it is like green and strange. Um, But just so you know, so you're not expecting it to look like regular coffee grinds. You don't want to get those up your butt. So I, I do use a French press. I usually use about three to four tablespoons as well. You can start with a lower amount um, because that's probably, I would say the highest um, potency. So if you're just starting out, you can start with a lower amount than that. Um, And about three to four cups of water. I usually will actually boil the water on the stovetop and then pour the water into the French press. And then I let it brew for about a half hour And then when it reaches body temperature or a little lower, because sometimes I found that if it's really hot, it burns my, my, (laughs) you could say ass, burns my, burns my asshole. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I like almost choked on that word coming out of my mouth. Um, And that's not pleasant. And, and to be honest, if it's too cold or it's too hot, it'll cause cramping in the body. So you really do want it to be at a, at a normal body temperature so that your body doesn't have to do any work to heat it up or have it, you know, cool it down. So you're already going to be experiencing a little bit of cramping in general. So you just don't want to make that worse. You really want to make it comfortable. You don't want to 
have any extra gas or, or pain. Um, so yeah, so after you brew it, then what do you do, Mel? So I like to set up a nice little cozy corner. You get like a nice blanket and then I'll put a towel over it just to make sure, you know, because definitely use a towel. Yeah. It gets messy. There are just some times where you can't hold it all the way. It's, you know, you gotta be prepared for the worst, but I'll put some pillows and you have to lay on your right side. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's just the way things travel through your right. That's and- where your liver is too. Yes. So I always will lubricate the nozzle with coconut oil. Same. Um, yeah. Hey, you know, yeah, I loop it up. I <laughs> all loop natural. It up. Yes. <laughs> and so you lay down, you have to empty, like I'll take the nozzle and put it over the toilet and open up the little clasp mm-hmm. so that coffee fills the tube before I get started because any air that goes near colon can just make things a little bit more difficult. So I'll do that yep. first. And then lay down, gently insert slowly, and I'll open the clasp, let it all flow in. And then as soon as all of it's out of the bucket, I'll close the clasp and remove it. And then you lay there for 15 minutes, as long as you Mm -hmm. can. I'll set a timer on my phone. Don't forget your phone because it's just, I mean, I guess you can if you want to like relax. And Yeah, but but that's how you, unless you have like a timer, (laughs) yeah. Also, you know, it helps to distract yourself. So like if you have your phone, like I usually will read. Um, I usually have like a book on my phone or I do Instagram, you know, for a while. That's when I did most of my content. So if you follow (laughs) me on Instagram, you've been a part of my Adama journey, I'm sure. Um, Because I do most of my stuff in the morning uh, while I'm doing a coffee enema. I get a lot done. But it also kind of gets your mind off of the fact that you're holding it um, you, cause you really kind of have to make sure, like Mel said, that you're not letting any come out. Sometimes that happens. It happens to me a lot. I, it's, this is not a sexy process, even though Mel just really elegantly showed me how she lubes <laughs> up the tip of her enema. Um, but it is not, it is it's not all a about, sexy thing. It's all about perspective. Am I right? It's about totally. perspective. So what you make it. Yeah. And it's a very special, intimate time. <laughs> Totally. It totally is. So yeah. So you lie on your right side. Um, sometimes what I will do is I will spend, you know, five minutes on my right side, five minutes on my back, five minutes on my left side, on the left side, that's where your colon is. And that's so lying on your left side actually helps with digestion. Lying on your right side helps with your liver. Um, and so I kind of will just like do the whole jam just you know, to make sure that it gets everywhere it needs to go. And then from there you get up and if you're me, you run very unelegantly to the bathroom or you're in the bathroom already. So you might be able, I'm not, I'm in the hallway, just, (laughs) just so you know. Um, so I'm running to the bathroom and you release. Yeah. You release. And I typically just like chill there for a while. Um, just cause you don't know, like you want to, and just don't push. Like every, some people mm-hmm. will push, but it's just, your body's going to do it naturally. Let it out. Like don't yep. push. So just let it all out. And, and I think maybe 10, 15 minutes of even like chilling. And you can typically tell if like something's. Yeah. There's usually out. two, two waves. And the way that I think about it is that the first wave is kind of just like getting the enema out itself. And then the second wave is like really the toxic stuff that comes out and you'll be able to 
notice that if you look at it, it smells a little bit different. Like that's really the toxic stuff. So like I always kind of look for the first wave is kind of just like releasing it. And the second wave is like what is really important. And then something that I also learned while doing um, getting colonics done that I had recently started getting colonics um, earlier this year, which is kind of like an enema, except that the two, it's kind of like water irrigation for your colon. It kind of goes up, everything comes out and somebody does it for you is that you actually can push gently on your stomach and some more stuff comes out. It almost kind of feels like squeezing yourself clean. And so if you I like to push on the lower right part of my stomach, which is where your ileocecal valve is. Mm -hmm. And you could sort of gently kind of push there and sometimes more comes out. Don't get too aggressive with it because if nothing needs to come out, nothing will come out. But I do kind of like to massage my stomach, make sure that I push in that area. And then I sort of massage the rest of my stomach and actually sort of helps clear more out um, than I had been doing in the past when I wasn't doing that. Fun fact about the ileocecal valve, because it's it's like one of my favorite little random tidbits about yeah. the body. So it, it's the sphincter between the small and the large intestine, and it's halfway between your belly button and your hip. So like mm-hmm. typically if you kind of measure, you can find it. And for a lot of people that are dealing with gut imbalance, it can be very tender because a lot of bacteria likes to store in that area. So that's kind of sometimes a telltale if you're really dealing with some imbalance in your gut um, is if you have pain in the ileocecal valve and, and things like nut butters, like Mm -hmm. a lot of people who deal with imbalance, like that can kind of build up in that area. And like, Oh my God. I mean, this is just getting into some weird details, but every time I went to the chiropractor to help me like, Mm -hmm. uh, reset things that would always either be like clogged or I'd have issues. And sometimes that would be why I was constipated for so long. And that was a huge, huge reason I started doing coffee enemas in the first place is because a lot of people don't know if you don't have one bowel movement a day, you Mm -hmm. are constipated. Like, yeah, you you need to go every day. day, every day. Yeah. And I mean, the healthiest of people you're going twice a day, which is like a miracle. Those days where that happens. I don't know. Like, I mean, for me, it's like, I celebrate those days. It's like, Oh yeah. my God, I'm healthy. <laughs> AF. I had two BMs. What is yeah, that? Things are moving. It's very exciting. So yeah. So if you are not going every day, you need to do some work because you need to be. Um, and for me, I have a funny story. If we're going to ease into <laughs> poop related stories. Yeah, let's do it. So back when I was like really not going to the bathroom and struggling with it, like four days I wouldn't go. And there would just be periods of time during the day where I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to go sit on the toilet and I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to try and just relax. (laughs) Like a little kid, just try, just go in there and try (laughs) Just sit on the toilet. Give it your best effort. And like, oh God. And it was always so bad when I would travel during those couple years, like anytime I go visit my friends yeah. for a weekend or whatever, I wouldn't go the whole weekend. We would all be like, like, have you gone yet? And I'm like, no. And I go in and the, every morning they'd be like, what about now? I'd be like, no. And <laughs> if I ever did on those trips, they'd be like, yeah, like congratulations. Yeah. Well, because on top deal. of it, you're putting, you're going on a plane, which totally dries out your colon and causes blow. And I'm the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I never, ever go to the bathroom on trips like yeah. ever. It's horrible yeah. actually. Uh, if only we could bring our squatty potties with us on vacation. Like, 
I am going to bring, I, I'm staying in a hotel the night before our wedding, even though our wedding is somewhat local. And the best gift that my mom has given me is by not staying in the hotel room with me is like giving me, I, I just like, like to be alone. I'm going to get to sleep in it alone. I am bringing my enema bag and I don't care what time I have to get up. I'm doing an enema before our wedding. That's special. I'm just so. really happy to know that now yeah like, no I can it's give special. you a big hug on the day like congratulations you're clean <laughs> you a great what's morning. worse than being constipated on your oh, wedding no, I don't want to be constipated nothing nothing and I, I think that these kind of moments are really bonding in a relationship because god th- that period of time where like I couldn't go for four days at a time yeah. I remember Justin would just feel so bad for me and this was one of like the moments I realized we were probably going to be together the rest of our lives is when he he bought me a squatty potty as a gift. He was like, I love you. Hopefully this helps. But then <laughs> there was literally one day I was in so much pain and just like tr- doing my best effort to try. And he just held my hand like Aww. outside in the hallway, like held my hand. He's like, it's going to be okay. I'm like, <laughs> why do you love me? Like, I feel like that would make it harder for me to go. I'd be like, get out of the area. Thanks (laughs) for the support, but get out. Another fun fact about the ileocecal valve, because you and I are just like total like nerds. Um, you can actually close it. So as Mel was saying, it connects the upper part of your colon to the lower part of your colon and it, and it open and closes and you can actually do it manually, which is really cool. And something that, you know, we talk about with muscle testing kinesiology. So how you do that is on that lower right part of your abdomen between the hip and the belly button, as you said. Okay. Um, and you can kind of just stick the tips of your fingers in there and just gently pull up towards your left shoulder. And that actually will close it if you are somebody that has it open, which if you had it open, you would be um, having the runs, having diarrhea. And if you're constipated, it is likely very closed and clenched. So you can open it by doing that as well. So just kind of a, a tip there. I think, you know, people are so sensitive about bowel movements. And I think that sort of mentality is what causes a lot of gastrointestinal issues. Yeah. For me, I was like shipbreak as a kid. I did not go to the bathroom in any school that I went to. I never, ever went. I never went in school in elementary, high school, or college. Never. My girlfriend and I used to actually go to Dunkin' Donuts uh, in the morning and get coffee. And then we would go back to my parents' house and go to the bathroom. And then we would go to school. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the routine. Um, like she would go downstairs and I would go upstairs and like that, like in my parents' house. And that was like our daily, what we would do. You've come so, a long way. I'm I know. So I never went anywhere. And this is, this is my story of how I ended up shitting my pants. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So when I was in college, my college years, I was struggling very heavily with my IBS, but again, this is probably caused by the fact that I was literally like holding my shit in for like my entire like life at that point. It was like probably like 20 years. So I was working at the makeup counter. I was a makeup artist. I worked at Nordstrom. And I started getting the feeling, the chills, the stomach ache. And I don't know if I had a stomach flu or if I, I ate something, whatever it was, 
I'm at work. My job is to stand and walk around and I am like very sick. I don't know what to do. So, and I'm not going to go to the bathroom there because I'm shipwreck and I like, I'm 15 minutes from my parents' house. I'm not going to go up to their like single person bathroom and like do this in my place of business. No, No, never. I need to leave. I need, I need to go home. Like, so I can like deal with this. It was like probably the worst 15 minute car drive of my entire life trying to not shit myself in in my car. I was like sweating. I like had chills. I remember just like trying to just like hold it in and it was horrible. And so I was living with my parents at the time, pull up in front of my parents' house and I can't go through the front door. I don't remember. My dad claims he was home. I don't think he was home. I think <laughs> that nobody was home because otherwise I would have gone through the front door. I run around the side of the house to go in through the garage. And as I am running through the side of the house, I shit my pants, no. <laughs> shit my pants just moments away from getting inside to go to the bathroom. It was probably one of the worst moments of my life, which I can now (laughs) laugh about, but I was like scarred. Like I was like scarred. I did not know how to handle this situation. What did you do? I, well, I, then I finally, I I just, you know, got myself. Okay. I cleaned myself up. I went inside. I went to, you know, I finished going to the bathroom and then I was just sick for the rest of the night and then I just never told anybody that that happened ever again until you know Rob who I just you know who is the only person you know that I've ever dated or been with that finds this kind of stuff just completely remarkable about me so so he just loves that story it's just so funny like we're we all go through these weird things and like one of my favorite stories um I didn't I have never really like fully pooped my pants thank god but there have been a lot of incidents and a lot of like poop related stories (laughs) a lot of almost a lot of just like funny weird times like and so the first weekend Justin and I moved in together when I was I think 22 and he was 23 forever ago and it was our new beautiful townhome we were so excited about it we had like two bathrooms and it was the first night like the first night we had stayed there together in our new home and we were so excited and everything was bright and shiny and our bedroom bathroom was so close to the bedroom that I didn't want to poop in there because just of course, the bedroom. Of course. I don't want to be close to him this is still so, right so fresh so I go downstairs to use the downstairs bathroom and lo and behold I clog up the toilet Oh no. I panic. This is a new apartment. It's new. It's a nightmare. We don't have a plunger. Like it's brand new. (gasps) And so I'm like, oh no. And so (laughs) I like, I just take a deep breath and I try to flush it again. I'm like, (gasps) no, please Lord. The water coming up towards you. Rob and I always talk about that is like, literally, I think like the worst five seconds of like anyone's life is like, just like seeing the toilet water ascending and you're just like no no to your doom you're like is it gonna go over (laughs) so unfortunately it it overflowed no it overflowed there's poop in the toilet it overflowed onto the ground I'm like in my pajamas like half asleep Justin's upstairs still in bed and so all of a sudden I like don't know what to do I'm and I'm (laughs) 
like, oh God, what do I do? Like, what do oh I do? Oh my God. Was it just, did it just keep going? Like it was it, just like flooding? Yeah, it was just flooding. I, the the I, floor I would, was flooding. Oh, what a nightmare. I'm like, Justin's oh gonna end it. We're gonna have to like cancel our lease. You're gonna like, have to move out now. Like, like there's <laughs> no going forward from this point. <laughs> Nothing could get worse. And then the worst happens. And I see that Justin's walking down the stairs <laughs> and I'm standing there in the toilet water. <laughs> And he looks at me and he's like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, it got clogged and it overflowed. I need a plunger. And you're like, like, please still love me after this. You're like, I'm sorry. I have to pack, I have to pack my stuff and go. I'm sorry, I'll get going. Yeah, like, I always say to Rob, like, let's just not make eye contact for the next couple of days. Yeah, just, just don't talk look at each other. It. Yeah, don't look at me. Let's just, yeah, oh. pretend it's never happening. That so is his, amazing. His beautiful soul walks to the corner to the CVS to buy a plunger. And oh he's like, God. he's in his like shorts and like t-shirt. It's first thing in the morning. He's got like bad head and he it just goes and buys, buys a singular plunger. And the guy at the counter's like, rough morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Comes back and, you know, luckily, you know, eight years later, we're still happy and healthy and we can joke yeah, about these things. I mean, but at the time it was the worst day of my life. And I, I love that story. And I you know, cannot deal with that. You know, it's, <laughs> it is rough to be a woman and have to go to the bathroom. I, I can say that I, yes, I have not gone to the bathroom on vacations with significant others. Like I have done the lobby going to the bathroom, like to avoid it. Um, when I was living in a Jersey shore house, I had a, a shore house one summer and all of the girls, we used to just like, you know, you go to the bathroom at a restaurant, like you don't go in the house because there were girls and guys in the house. You never want to be like the girl that either a clogs the toilet in the house or like it smells and everybody is like making comments and it was such a tiny house yeah like we would either I remember one time I went in the supermarket like the girls went to get like food in the supermarket and I went to the bathroom or I would just be constipated and then have to deal with it on Monday like I hadn't gone to the bathroom in three days <laughs> was it you that told me you carry matches in your purse no, but that's a great idea. Yeah. Somebody recently told me they carry matches in their purse and you know, cause that kind of cancels the, yeah. the smell and, and you just put it out like in, yeah, in that's trash. really smart. I mean, listen, poopery exists, but I always tell Rob, cause for some reason, my parents keep giving us poopery for Christmas. I'm like, thank you. We still haven't gone through the poopery that we have because it's just the two of us in the apartment. And we just say, open the window, like, you know, and then go to another part of the apartment. Um, when Rob does use it, I just say that it smells like lemon scented shit. Like to me, <laughs> it doesn't smell any better. It just now has a special uh, smell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the highlights of our lives, the thing that makes life funny and that we can laugh about yes. are just the best times. And we're just happy to share these kinds of topics with you guys because we all need a good laugh in life and, and why take life too seriously? Cause everybody poops. So, yeah, I'm so glad that we, we talked about this and, and I think this sets us up really good. Cause we've been talking about the pandemic. We've been talking about shitting our pants. So I think we need to go into hot gas and yeah. talk about our favorite shows from quarantine. 
and we've been waiting all week to have this discussion yeah. and I made a list and I want to hear your list too. Yeah. So I luckily started a list of all the shows that I watched when everything got shut down because we were watching so much TV that I was like, I'm going to keep track of all of this because I am so used to seeing my coworkers and like filling them in on the shows I'm watching. And because I couldn't for a long period of time, I'm like, I need to remember all of these so that I can bring them up to all my friends and I get back to work. And then I never went back. So I was like, okay, Amanda, go through this list. Tell me which ones you've watched. Let's come up with our top five of everything we've watched as a special anniversary gift to us and you marking the crazy year we've had since last March. So, yes. And you watched so many. Your list was 42. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. And then I put checks, check marks next to the ones that I watched. And then I made my own list underneath and mine was another 35. So I watched half of the ones you watched and another 35 shows, which I think is a cry for help to be completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> do you need help? <laughs> I do. I actually, I, this is me telling you how many total, rescue me how many total is that for you probably like 50 maybe more yeah and this well, doesn't you even watch, ca- <laughs> you watch a lot of reality shows which is I do it I goes do. very quickly and, and you have it on yeah. in the background a lot of the time thank too, you for so. saying that yeah no, <laughs> thank I mean, you for saying that that's true <laughs> no and and this doesn't include any of the shows that I also either rewatched because I did a couple of those and then also things I had watched in the past that I rewatch or just have on repeat like the Great British Bake Off and How I Met Your Mother and yeah, and all but, the Bravo shows but this list specifically are the shows we have watched since last March Yes. Um, and for me, luckily, I mean, surprisingly enough, my top five are ones that you have also watched. So it'll okay. be fun to discuss. Okay. Let's so, hear. okay. My number one favorite show I've watched since March of last year is Love Life on HBO Max with mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick. It's okay. a great show. If you haven't watched it, my favorite. I've watched the whole thing. That is your number one. That didn't number even one. my top five, but I was good. Get out. <laughs> Yes, it was good, but I don't like Anna Kendrick. I think that's the problem. So I thought oh, it was a good show. Okay. She kind of bothers me because I am just a curmudgeon. That's it's why. the first time I've actually really, really liked her. Like I was like, oh, like this is a perfect role for her. And she was really charming. And yeah. like, it just felt like a role that was meant for her. I loved it. I loved it. I've watched it through twice. I cry at the ending every time. It's so good. <laughs> Number two, Queen's Gambit. Good. I just think it was perfect. It's a perfect show. It's so good. Loved it. Number three, Outer Banks. (laughs) Outer Banks is on my list. Queen's Gambit isn't, although I thought it was a really good show, but I told you that the way that I, the way that I did my list was just things that I just genuinely like loved. Although that's probably not what America thinks is good, but Outer Banks. We have to be true to ourselves. We do. Although Outer Banks wasn't like Grammy worthy, you know, it's like, it's such a good show and it's so fun. And I'm so excited for season two, season two. Season two. Yeah. That was a, that was a really good one. That's definitely on my list. Number four was normal people on Hulu. Yes, that was good. I, the ending of that was really hard to stand behind um, because it ended sort of on like a cliffhanger and they're never going to do anymore. It like, it was like an open-ended, you know how the ending of Inception, they don't tell you what happens but they leave it up to interpretation yeah so you kind of have to like those kind of endings and and to me sometimes I do like it even though it's like it doesn't give you exactly what you want yeah it kind of entices that creativity in your own mind of like 
how would you have wanted this to end? Right. Um, Which is beautiful, but yeah. doesn't work for control freaks like me. <laughs> yeah, you need no, like you need I an need, ending. No, I need an ending. I need <laughs> an ending. I need a sequel. I need to understand. I need it to end. I, I need to know, which is yes. why I think I struggle with Sex in the City, like mm. the new one, is because it ended. I, I closed the chapter. Yes. In my control freak mind. We don't and need then to I need, reopen the box. We don't need to reopen the city. We're good. Right. Right. So but normal we'll people, I felt like, yeah, I, I could use my imagination, but I would prefer to know if they lived happily ever after or not. Yeah. I love that show. The acting is beautiful. Yeah. The setting is beautiful. It's an amazing, realistic, tragic love story. Will yeah. they? Won't they? It's so good. Okay. And then number five. Cobra Kai. <laughs> it yeah. is so much fun. It's so much fun. I binged it so fast. I've watched the entire show back now two times, all three seasons. It's so easy. It is like nostalgic and fun and funny. And I have three honorable mentions because I just okay. like, couldn't leave them out. I'm I so shocked so at your list. I can't believe really? I, Bridgerton didn't make the list. And Bridgerton's the- honorable mention. Okay. Teenage... Teenage Bounty Hunters is honorable mention. Okay, because I you loved those shows. Okay, go ahead. I What's did. the third? I loved them. I mean, they're great shows. It's tough because there's been a lot of good TV that has come out yeah. this past year. Like I've been totally. floored by the amount of amazing TV. So Teenage Bounty Hunters and Bridgerton are honorable mention. Okay. I loved them. I loved everything about them, but they just weren't like better than my top five. Like then my third honorable mention is one that I don't, I'm not sure you would like, but it's called Money Heist on Netflix Mm -hmm. and it is in Spanish and that was what kept me from watching it for a very long time yeah um until you know quarantine when you just have to watch everything on Netflix right like we all we all watch Tiger King (laughs) so it came time to where I was like I can't refuse watching this anymore and Money Heist is like one of the ones that has made Netflix the most money compared to Bridgerton it's like one of those that have really super watched interesting it is such a good show. Um, it reminds me a lot of the Italian job, if people know the Italian job. The good guys stealing from the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just wild. It's fun. I think there's four seasons now. And or the first and second, the show got canceled in Spain. And then Netflix picked it up for season three and four. And thank God, because it is so good if you like a good action thriller mm-hmm. like there's a little bit of romance in there but it, it it's one of those shows that shows you the whole two seasons the whole first two seasons are over the span of this one heist in this bank and so oh, wow it spans over two seasons so they do a lot of like flashbacks to when they were planning the heist and like okay. how they set it up and you don't know what they're gonna do and it's very exciting highly recommend I couldn't put it in my top five just because I know not everybody's going to like it, but it is so good. And I really enjoyed watching it. So now I'm excited to hear your list. Okay. Totally different. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my number one is RuPaul's Drag Race. Nice. I watched it three times through since last March. Um, Rob and I watched it together, which I think makes it extra special. Um, He was not super into it the first time. And then he sort of got into it and absolutely loves it. And it has probably become the most ingrained in our life and our vocabulary. We sing the songs from RuPaul's Drag Race. We quote it constantly. And it is just like the most delightful 
happy show. I, I just, it, it like just really just gives me all the vibes. I just love it so much. It's so hilarious and it's just, I love it. And I watched all of RuPaul's Drag Race and then I watched RuPaul's All-Stars and then I watched RuPaul UK and yeah, it's everything to me. I'm about that life. So that's one. Two, Riverdale. I watched it all the way through probably twice, maybe <laughs> three times. Um, I, I kind of, I have an issue with that kind of stuff. It's like, I'll just rewatch it. So I, love it. I mean, I love Riverdale. I loved Riverdale. I mean, it's become- It did not make your life. list, which is like concerning to me. Well, it hurts I, my heart. I just can't within good conscience put it <laughs> put it next to Queen's Gambit. Like I like- Okay, fine. Fair I enough. Like, I, I couldn't. Like, it, Fair it, enough. It holds I, a special place in my heart. And, and yes. the show knows that. They know that, you know, yes. that, that they're special to me. Yeah. We talk about it every week and they know. But I, <laughs> I told you, like, I, I will say that like my list is not probably like award-winning <laughs> shows, maybe like one or two. All right. Yeah. So three, <laughs> three is my guilty pleasure, shameful watch, which is Heart of Dixie. I watched Heart of Dixie twice. Um, a girlfriend of mine also watched it. And so we were both like laughing about how, the, how we both watched it because it's a really old show from the CW um, with Rachel Bilson as the lead. I just really loved it. Like the, it's just like a really heartwarming show. And it's about this girl who's a doctor and she's from Manhattan and she goes to the small town in Alabama and kind of like gets ingrained into their life and there's love triangles and all kinds of stuff. And after I watched that show, there was like a good like handful of months that I was trying to move to Alabama, <laughs> um, but no, my family was not behind that decision. <laughs> Neither was Rob, but yeah. So Heart of Dixie, I've really, really wanted, good. I've always wanted to watch it. Um, it's so I just good. never have. Yeah, so that's my, that's my third. Number four is Schitt's Creek. Oh yes. Yeah. I would have put that on my list, but I've, I've watched Already it for watched years. It. Yeah. Oh, I didn't so watch good. it until, as you know, I didn't watch it till like a few months ago. And so I probably will do a rewatch of that. My parents also watched it. So good. That is award-winning. They just won uh, an Academy Award. So they won a Golden so. Globe, right? Golden Globe. My bad. Yeah. Same thing, right? <laughs> totally close um it's close they won an award they won a virtual <laughs> award um such a great show and then my five is two shows tied so I kind of cheated um Outer Banks and Virgin River yes yeah, yeah. both great shows both great both shows. great both oh. pandemic watches uh two seasons of Virgin River really really good um season one like really roped me in season two was just as good so I'm really excited to see what they continue to do because they were picked up for a third um so those two and then I also have three honorable mentions um so one is Sweet Magnolia's which was really good. That is also in the line of, I think, Heart of Dixie and Virgin River. Those are kind of within the same realm. Um, it has a really crazy, shocking, surprise cliffhanger ending, which mm. was so not what I was expecting from the show. And so I, for that reason, I think it's like definitely worth watching. I think people think that it's really, I don't know, I would say like gingerly, like kind of like this, like very gentle show, but it's like not. And Chris Klein is in it with a really awful Southern accent. So I think it's worth watching just to laugh at him <laughs> with his accent. Two is Bridgerton, which we've talked about. Uh -huh. And then the third is Ladies of London, 
a Bravo show. Um, There are only, I think maybe three seasons. Rob and I watched that together, but I like anything British, anything from the UK, just like fills me up. The only reason why Love Island didn't make the list is because I haven't finished it yet, but it's like a really good Bravo show and I live for Bravo. And so what's better than British Bravo, basically? Yeah. So that was a really fun watch. I was genuinely sad when it was over because the show does not exist anymore in the Bravo universe. So rest in peace. That is, I had a really hard time doing this. Yeah. I I loved so many other shows on the list and I I really was trying to just kind of pick the ones that I've either like watched more than one time or that I will watch more than one time. So So difficult. I know I wanted to mention the new show on Netflix that you haven't watched yet but it's called Ginny in Georgia. And I feel like everybody's talking about this show right now. And I will be brief because I know you haven't watched it and a lot of people mm-hmm. might not have watched it, but it is a great show. I very much enjoyed it. It's been number one on Netflix for like over a week now, which mm-hmm. I totally understand why, because I thought it was going to be this teen drama that was pretty basic about like a high school girl whose mom had her at a young age, like maybe Gilmore girls yeah, but it was not. It was whoa, like twists and turns and like crazy storylines. And it's one of those shows where like you think you like a character and then all of a sudden you're kind of like, oh no, wait, like they're maybe they're kind of the bad guy. Like you're like, oh, I don't know if I like them now. And right. It's, it's like you don't know who to root for. One of those right. kind of shows. And it's wild. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's getting a lot of press right now. Yes, because of the queen who I love very dearly. So this is a very difficult subject matter for me, but Taylor Swift, unfortunately, there was a joke about her in the finale of the show about how the mom character goes through men faster than Taylor Swift. And I really was, I like, didn't think much of it until she posted about it on Twitter, that it was not a good thing to say and that it's pretty sexist and misogynistic and lazy lazy a lazy joke yeah like yeah Yeah. I mean this was relevant back in 2010 like it's been a long time Taylor's overcome those kind of stereotypes and I'm proud of her for it you know like she's been with her boyfriend over four years like they're very happy she's in her 30s like she's moved on from that chapter in her life and like you know everybody's allowed date whoever they want as many people as they want but unfortunately Taylor was in the spotlight at that time Mm -hmm. and she wrote many many songs that came out were about all of these men that she was dating. And so she has that stereotype and it sucks. And like, I, it happened. And I just don't know how to feel about the whole thing because I want to be like, yes, Taylor, I support you 100%. But at the same time, I loved the show and it has like a really great message. Like there's a lot of powerful storylines, things that are very serious. Like I think there's- Are they going to get canceled for saying one lazy joke? Like, and then, you know, which you've said to me too, like, are then all these people are going to lose their jobs? You know, I, we're living in such a time of cancel culture and it's hard to be on one side or the other when it comes to this kind of stuff. Cause like as women, I think that we feel generally like we want to support and we don't want to be behind things that are sexist, but would you say overall that the show is a sexist show or it was just like no. one joke, you know? No, no. I mean, it's, it's all about like equality. Like the, all the main characters are female. Um, right. There's a lot of characters in it that are gay. Um, right. And it's, it's all about like, I kind of overcoming those stereotypes. Right. So, 
part of me kind of wonders like if Taylor watched the show like I'm like if you did you know you might like know what they were trying to do I you know I'm very torn because yeah suddenly the ratings of the show went from like 4.5 on Google to 1.7 in a matter of 24 hours. That's so sad though. I hate that. That hurts my heart. Yeah. So unfortunately, I think that the ratings have been going back up. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. are like, like we support the show, you know, like unfortunately there was that one joke that we probably shouldn't have made in it. But in general, I'm here for Ginny and Georgia. I recommend watching it. It was a very fun exhilarating watch I went through it quite quickly and I hope it does come back for season two because I enjoyed it but I love Taylor I love you I I'm not trying to put you down I'm proud of who you are and all the things you've overcome in your life and respect forever yes like I love the show so yes totally and I'll just say say this um and this will probably be the end of our friendship um this is why (laughs) I don't like Taylor Swift (laughs) I know well this is like the first time but I feel like what she is trying to fight for, like, didn't yeah. make a lot of sense. Because typically right. it's like, I, I totally know what she's trying to do. And I, I love everything she stands for. And, and but like, this is the first time I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Anyway, so- people need to watch and, and you know, make make an opinion for yourself. I, I, you know, a point of view, I will definitely watch. Um, like I told you in two to three years when I finish um, love <laughs> Island, because there are 50 episodes in each season. And I can't imagine how long this is possibly going to take me probably two to three years. So <laughs> see you then. See you then. Um, <laughs> I may take a break and watch some other stuff just because I feel like you will kill me if I don't. Um, so I will see, but yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that. And I know the last thing that we just wanted to cover before, you know, we kind of let everyone go is, uh, the Bridgerton musical that that you're super into. So do you want to kind of tell people what that's about and those two girls who are doing it? Yes. I didn't realize that not everybody knows everything about this. I'm just a musical theater (laughs) freak. And so I've done so much research and followed along with the story that it excites the hell out of me and I needed to share it with everybody. But if you haven't heard it, there are two amazing songwriters, Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear, who have created this concept album for what they believe is the Bridgerton musical. They've written all, like, I think she said 17 songs total. They went viral on TikTok. And huh? I have a lot of friends in musical theater. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's covering the songs. It's good stuff. And the exciting thing that I wanted to share is that now that they're done writing everything, they're casting. So okay. they're looking for people to fill in different roles to help them record the full concept album before they eventually hopefully take it to Broadway, which would be so freaking cool. If that they would did be cool. That. Neither of them have really had much of a career. Abigail's only 21. Yeah. And Emily is 19. Wow. That's and, incredible. Yeah. And Abigail wrote, I guess, a lot of the lyrics and Emily does a lot of the music because Emily Bear is actually like this piano prodigy. And wow. I didn't know recently when I Googled her and she's been on the Ellen DeGeneres show since she was seven like playing piano. Oh my God. And so she's just incredibly talented. They're both so talented. And I think that it, that this is one of the cool things about social media throughout this past year is that suddenly these people that don't have any exposure, don't have any experience, suddenly can have these incredible thriving mm-hmm. careers out of nowhere. Overnight yeah. this happened. And so that's pretty cool. And I think that that's why they're trying to fill in. They want 
like half the cast to be names of people that have popularity that are in the mm-hmm. scene um, that people would know, but then the other half total unknowns. They're looking sure. to kind of help people like them that didn't really have anywhere to go at the beginning right. of the pandemic. And so it's really great. And if you haven't listened to the music, you definitely should. And I know you listened to some of it. So I'm curious to hear I what did. you thought. I did. I have thoughts. Okay. So first of all, I, I think that that's so amazing. I think that the story is so incredible. I think that they're just like really badass women who are doing this. I actually kind of felt a little bit like when I looked at them, I like was looking at the TikToks, like both of their pages, it kind of reminded me a little bit of you and I, because they had met just a year ago. And I was like, oh, this is like, so like Mel and I like meeting and just like deciding to collab and create things together. Both people are equally like as good and talented and then like, but together a whole like amazing thing, um, which I love. Uh, the music is really amazing. I also love Broadway. I love musicals. I really was kind of raised on that as well. It was like probably like five years old and watched all of the Rogers and Hammerstein musicals that were on TV. I, it was like, you I, weren't the only kid. I was also yes. that kid, Okay. So. That makes me feel really good because I, I don't know, like this very strange. None of my friends growing up were like that. I will be the first in line if it comes here like if it goes to Broadway because I I just think that that is such a cool story that somebody is able to do something so big like this that's impacting so many people yeah on TikTok like it's nuts it's like yeah TikTok is wild I think that there's a statement on our and the generation the world we're living in right now is just kind of like you do have this place now where people are able to show their talents and their creativity and their skills who might not have gotten uh, noticed, like you said, but then it's also a place where people who literally have no skills and no talent (laughs) to also be able to free themselves and have an outlet for that. Yeah. And that's just the time we're living in. And and I think that that's fantastic and wild. I know. (laughs) And here we are like, using our creativity to talk about poop on our podcast and it's fantastic it's been this a wild ride <laughs> we've made it <laughs> but we just wanted to say thank you guys so much for listening to us we know it's been a, a wild episode but if you liked what you heard please subscribe follow us give us a rating a review on apple Podcasts. we love you guys and we can't wait to talk to you in a couple of weeks so we will see you then and stay healthy Yay! Yeah.